0: What is happening, everyone? Along with Will Brewer, I am Colby Daniels. Back for another week as we get ready for a UFC Fight Night card in Paris, France. Cyril Gon and to Vasa, your main event. Robert Whittaker, Marvin Vittori, your co-main event. This is a pretty nice fight card, Will, as we are now a little over a week away from UFC 279, Chimaev, Nate Diaz next Saturday. Uh, But these, especially these two uh, main and co-main events on Saturday, big-time fights for the UFC.
1: Yeah, definitely big time fights. They uh, they knew what they were doing, bringing this card to to, to Paris, France, putting Cyril Gunn in the main event and giving them a very interesting matchup and tied to Avassa. I mean, the, the styles couldn't be any different, but it makes for a very uh, in- interesting fight. And then Whitaker and Vittori, for that to be a co-main event, I mean, that, that could easily be a co-main event on a pay-per-view, co-main, uh, a main event on a fight night. I mean, uh, Robert Whitaker, the former champion, Vittori, a former title challenger. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than this. Uh, in the midway division outside of a title fight. So uh, two very, very uh, important and interesting fights uh, to to bring the UFC to Paris.
0: I know that Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori may not be the flashiest, like most exciting, stylistic fighters in the UFC, but I think you can make the argument in terms of like title contenders and where they are in their careers, being in their primes. Like This is as good a co-main event as you can make, uh, especially on a fight night card, right? Like you said, this could be a co-main on a pay-per-view. But I mean, this is as good as I've ever seen as a co-main on a fight night card.
1: Absolutely. And the more that I look at this fight, I I just don't really see, like, I don't think it should be three rounds. Like there's nothing in me that thinks that this fight should only be three rounds. I feel like this should be a five round co-main event because it's just that good. I mean, we can get into the X's and O's, but like, Whitaker's as good as they come stylistically. I mean, there's pretty much nothing that he can't do that he's not good at. And Vittori, every time he gets in there, he continues to get better. So, I mean, just I feel like this is the fight that's meant to happen. Whitaker hasn't fought Vittori. Vittori has been pretty much flawless outside of Israel Adesanya. And the same thing with Whitaker. So, like, it's, it's basically been a collision course. These guys have been uh, meant to fight each other for a long time. And now uh, it's here, man. This this matchup itself, man, it's it's very, very interesting. I'm very intrigued to see how it plays out.
0: This is a really fun main card in Paris. Again, next week we will give pay-per-view picks, but uh, Hamza Chimaev, Nate Diaz finally happening. It it looks like most likely the final fight in Nate Diaz' UFC career if he sticks to everything he's been saying over the last year, essentially wanting to get out of his UFC contract and finish with this last fight. So um, next week is going to be pretty wild, a lot of fun. Uh, Obviously, those two guys are incredible draws, but counting down to that big-time matchup, and then you look at that card, um, you know, I think... I'm a little underwhelmed by UFC 279, and that's not necessarily because of UFC 279 as much as it's about the two uh, pay-per-views that follow 279 with 280 and 281. And you look at the how stacked those two cards are in comparison. This one feels a little bit underwhelming, but still a really good card next week, highlighted by two of the biggest draws currently in the sport with Hamza Chimaev and Nate Diaz.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, like you said, 280 and 281 are are loaded. Um, but like this card, which in 279, the UFC claims that they thought that Hamza and Nate Diaz was going to be enough, that they didn't need to stack this card, that it would be enough. And for me, I'm thinking like, man, I really think they're trying to do Nate Diaz a disservice by, uh, you know, he's on his last fight of his deal. They're trying to make this card as, as light as possible. Um, but then like, I guess they weren't selling uh, like any tickets, (laughs) you know, because like, there's other things that's going on around that, like uh, Canelo's fighting Triple G, I guess, the next weekend. And then, like, of course, you got 280, 281. So you see 279 and then all of the cards that we've had this summer. I think that it turned into, like, oh, 270, 279 is a card that I can miss or that I can, you know, watch at home. I don't have to, like, actually go to it. And then the UFC's like, oh, man, like, we need to put some asses in these seats. So they had to beef it up a little bit by adding a few a few fights. but. I mean, for for what it's worth, Hamzat, Shamayev, and Nate Diaz is a very interesting, very intriguing fight. But, I mean, pretty much a majority of the world has a pretty good idea of how this fight's going to go. Right. I mean, of course, you know Nate Diaz is a star, and he's going to bring the uh, the trash talk. He's going to bring all the antics and everything. And then Hamzat is uh, he's going to bring the trash talk and the antics and all that. So, like, the lead-up's going to be fun. But, like, the fight itself, we, everyone has a pretty good idea of how it's going to go. That's why Hamzat is such a huge favorite, and Nate and is, is a pretty huge underdog. So... Um, yeah, the UFC had to beef up this card. They did what they could. Um, it's for for what was presented before. It's yeah. definitely better now, but I mean, it definitely pales in comparison to 280 and 281.
0: Yeah, it's better than it was, but uh, yeah, it's it still will feels a lot like he, Nate Diaz is getting the Francis Ngannou uh, service that that we talked about back in January when Francis was trying to negotiate a new deal, and that that pay per view card in January was extremely underwhelming. Even beefing this one up it's it's still somewhat underwhelming, right? I mean, it's Tony Ferguson moving up to 170, who's lost, what, four fights in a row now? Um, yeah, against, yeah, it's not even against, like, a title contender it's, or, or one of right. the biggest names in the sport. Like, um, again, I'm, I'm excited for that fight, don't get me wrong. Uh, this thing just doesn't have, I think, a big draw to the masses uh, overall. And also slapping it on the opening weekend of the NFL season, which, look, if we're just going to be really honest about things, the majority of quote unquote sports fans in this country, the number one thing on their list is the NFL, right? So, I mean, your college football <laughs> is going into weekend number two on that same weekend. Like it's a, that's a tough competitive weekend for people's attention anyway. Uh, and then you get a card that's, you know, again, in comparison to the ones that precede it and follow it pay-per-view wise, it's, it's, uh it's nowhere close. So. He's getting. And, and, bottom line, Nate Diaz is getting the Francis Ngannou treatment.
1: Yeah, and bringing it back to Francis, wasn't that fight on the weekend of something big? Like, wasn't it like the college national championship or or something like that? It was on the same it was weekend as something,
0: something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't remember what it was, but it was on the same weekend as something, and we're like, people weren't gonna watch this anyway. So
0: <laughs> yeah, was it Super Bowl weekend or? I can't
1: it was, remember. It was yeah, something big. I feel like it was either college football championship or like the yeah, it, there was some NFL playoff game or something. It was something big, but yeah, it's 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 very reminiscent of uh, what's what's happened with Francis. Yeah, and and then to not to mention, I mean, we've already brought up two eighty 280 and two eighty one. But if you're gonna stack these the, the two cards right after that, the way that you are, and then leave this one so light, I mean, everything points to the UFC kind of lowballing Nate Diaz. Like let's be yeah, honest, like there's like Dana can say like. Like, like, come on! I mean, why would we lowball Nate Diaz? I mean, Nate is this, is this, is this? Yeah. Like, you know how Dana does his press conferences, but we're like, bro, come on! Like, you can't, you can't fool, you can fool the casuals, but the hardcore's right. no, see right through that bullshit. We
0: know exactly what's going on, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that fight anyway. And um, I am intrigued to see like what Tony Ferguson does at welterweight. Um, but let's let's jump into this card. We have six fights on the main card. UFC Fight Night in Paris, headlined by heavyweights Surreal Gone and tied to Ivasa. I mean, this could be. A uh in terms of title contention, a big time matchup on Saturday. The main card starts in the featherweight division, which well, the minute I saw this matchup, I thought this is going to be a great fight. Charles Jordain and Nathaniel Wood. Oddshark.com has Jordan as the minus one fifty favorite, plus one twenty for Nathaniel Wood. I love this fight.
1: Very, very good fight. Well and before we start, uh I gotta ask. So the the prelims have a really, really good fight and uh it, Nasruddin Imavov yeah. and Joaquin Buckley. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to make a, a pick on that and and break that one down or if you just want to leave it be, but I think out, out of all the fights on this card, this is one of the most intriguing. So did you want to leave that in the prelims or you want to bring it into the... Yeah, into we the, can make a pick on that, absolutely.
0: Um, middleweight's Nasruddin Imavov, who is... Uh, I forget his ranking, but he is in the top 15. And Joaquin Buckley, who arguably had the knockout of the year a couple years ago against uh, Im- Imka Kasonganai... Um, Imavov is your favorite at minus 260 plus 200 for Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, this is uh, arguably as good a fight just in terms of action and what to expect as any fight on the card.
1: Absolutely, and I think the only reason why this is on the prelims is because uh, Ghan and Imavov have the same coach, so I think that they're trying to uh, throw him a little bit of a bone, uh, the coach, and let him... Uh, have some time to warm up with surreal and everything before the main event, so uh, that's why this fight is happening so early. But this is a very interesting fight. I mean, Imov, it seems like he's had a hard time uh, getting fights because he's looked nothing short of outstanding in uh, his last few fights. Uh, his his last one I think was against uh, Shabazian, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and he uh, he basically shut him down and ended up getting a TKO. Um, I kind of feel like this fight with Joaquin Buckley is going to go a little similar. Uh, I do think that Buckley uh, has like the, that one shot knockout power and he, his IQ level has gotten, uh, has risen uh, a lot, you know, in his, in his winning streak. But I think this is a big ask uh, coming from the competition. He's been fighting up to Imovov who has such a, a relentless style. Um, I think that Buckley's going to be uh, tough in the beginning, but I think as uh, the, the rounds add up, I think Imovov's is just going to prove to be too much. And, uh, you know, I like Imovov here, but, um, I will say Buckley's, um, his IQ, I- I'm very impressed by what I've seen. He's been fighting more strategically since he got uh, knocked out. Um, I do think that he's got a chance here. I don't think that this is just going to be an easy walkthrough, but I think Buckley's going to be very dangerous, but Imoval's just going to be a little too much.
0: Buckley, since his last loss to um, Alessio DiCirico, who's also on this card, by the way, has won three in a row. And yeah, I think we're starting to see better IQ, more well-rounded game other than just being the one-punch uh knockout guy that he's um somewhat known for, I guess. Um I just think imavov is so much more well-rounded across the board, more ways to win. The the one punch power is also always something to worry about. But um I just think imavov has more ways to win this. I think he can control the fight in more ways. And this is uh Nasardine Imavov for me as well. Uh so going back to that featherweight fight that I mentioned to start the main card. Um Similar to this one we just talked about, Charles Jordan and Nathaniel Wood, Will, is uh, great matchmaking. I think this is going to be a fun fight. Both guys like to put a, a lot of output uh, against their opponents. I mean, it should be good pace. A lot of, lot of shots thrown from both sides. Jordan is the favorite at minus 150, plus 120 for the British featherweight, Nathaniel Wood.
1: Uh, man, this is going to be um, the speed of, uh, of Nathaniel Wood, who's coming up from bantamweight. Against the the relentless, like uh, man, I, I, what is the right word to describe Charles Jordan? Like he is he is so relentless. That's like the best word I can come up it's with. Just like,
0: like a uh, a barrage of his entire arsenal, right? Yeah, the, a barrage. Like the the intensity
1: he comes yeah. with, like just it all. That's what that's what Nathaniel Wood is going to be up against. Like He's going to be up against a guy who's just going to be... Uh, he gave Shane Burgos uh, a run for his money. I mean, that fight could have went either way. And Shane Burgos just got a big contract in the PFL. Um, and he, he's obviously a guy that he didn't want to lose. This fight right here with uh, Jordan and Wood's going to be great. Uh, I think that uh, he's going to surprise Jordan at first with his speed. It's going to take Jordan a while to kind of get used to fighting someone who's so fast. But I think over time, um, Jordane's gonna, uh, cause he's, he's, he's gonna be the bigger man. I think if he can get some takedowns and stuff, he's going to be able to kind of big brother him a little bit. Um, I don't think Woods fought someone who's, um, as big as Jordan as of yet, but I think this fight's going to be fun. And, uh, I think after a while, uh, Jordan, you know, the, the, the power, uh, the size of him is going to, uh, eventually be the thing that kind of puts him over the top. So my pick is going to be with Charles Jordane.
0: I'm going Charles Jordane as well. Um, Part of this is just the question marks around Nathaniel Wood facing a featherweight of this caliber, right? I know he fought uh, Charles Hosa uh, in his last fight and looked good, but but I mean Charles Jourdain, from a striking standpoint, is um, top level at, at the featherweight division. I would guess that there's probably a power discrepancy between the two in favor of Jourdain in this matchup. Um, I feel like this is just going to be one of those fights that I'm exhausted watching. Because both of these guys are going to have such incredible pace. And and I think if they are trading a lot, that favors ultimately Charles Jourdain. So uh, give me Charles Jourdain in fight number one on the main card here at UFC Fight Night Paris featuring Cyril Gunn and Tai Tuivasa. All right, fight number two on the main card is also in the featherweight division, William Gomez and Jarno Ahrens. Oddshark.com has Gomez as your favorite at minus 230, plus 184 Ahrens.
1: So, um, I didn't really know much about, um, either of these guys, but, um, apparently William Gomez is a very big deal in France. He's one of the best, uh, featherweights, um, that, that France has to offer. And he, uh, the UFC is bringing him over, putting him uh, on the main card of this UFC Paris card. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of, a lot of cheers and everything. I think that this is kind of, uh, one of those cases where it's kind of a showcase for him. Um, I like, uh. I like Gomez here, man. I think that uh, this is m- basically made for him to look good and to uh, be have have a big time uh, performance.
0: Yeah, so both of these guys are making their UFC debut. Uh, don't know uh, much about either guy. Um, I think just common sense says like the French fighter making his UFC debut uh, in Paris, France, um, being a heavy favorite probably like tells you everything you need to know. It's probably an opportunity for him to have a nice welcome to the UFC in front of a home crowd and somewhat gain a little bit of traction, right? So um, I don't know, again, much about either one of these guys both making their UFC debut, but give me the favorite from France as well. Fight number three on the main card takes us to the lightweight division. It is Nasrat Hakparast and John Mcdessey. The odds say Hakparast is your minus 240 favorite plus 194 the underdog.
1: Yeah, John McDessie's been around for a long time, man. Um, you know, I, I know that he's had a better career than what I've given him credit for. But, like, the only thing that I can think of when I think of John McDessie is when Donald Cerrone head-kicked him, and he basically took the head kick. He ate it, but then he he broke his jaw, I guess, and yeah. he's just like, time, like, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I, like, that's that's the memory that's etched in my mind when I think of John McDessie. But, you know, s- since then, I mean, he's still he's still doing it, you know? He's still uh very very prevalent in this in this division uh right when you kind of write him off he he does like he goes on a three-fight winning streak but when he when he kind of goes up in competition he kind of you know he'll 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 lose but if you give him the right guy he can still win i think uh nashra i think this is going to be a a very fun fight but you know i still like Hackbrass's potential you know he's had some run-ins with you know some of the better guys in the division but i still think that he's very very talented uh, you know, he, he fought Dan Hooker on short notice after, like, I think his mother passed away. And, you know, uh, fought he fought Bobby Green in a fight that was just uh, wild for, uh, for three rounds. But I think he kind of fought Bobby Green's fight. He didn't fight his fight. So I think uh, fighting John McDess is going to allow Hackbrass to kind of get back into the flow of things, get back, uh, you know, into his own flow. So uh, I like Hackbrass here. The younger guy, um, I like him here.
0: The younger guy by like 10 years right i think hack prest is 27 uh macdessi is is 37 i had forgotten macdessi beat uh, ignacio Bajamundes uh last time out in uh april of 2021 uh but yeah like i this is a hack prest win for me as well um younger guy i think uh in the right in the right time period of his career he's lost uh, the cream of the crop in what i argue is the best division in in the ufc and it just feels like He's, he's one of many guys that's in that next group of fighters that are unranked, right? Like he's like, he's, he's probably somewhat undervalued simply because he fights in that division where, especially at the top, there's nothing but killers, right? Like Drew Dober and Bobby Green will aren't even ranked fighters in the lightweight division. And those guys are monsters. Uh, those are two of the guys that, that Hack Barast has, has lost to Dan Hooker's another one that's, uh, you know, on, on a bit of a losing streak and has dropped down the rankings, but Dan Hooker's a killer. Uh, so I think Hack Hakperast is really, really good, really talented. Uh, he's just, he's faced a, a, a bunch of the, you know, the cream of the crop, if you will, at the most talented division in the UFC. Uh, but I think he gets on track here against John McDessie. All right, fight number four on the main card is middleweights Alessio Dekiriko and Roman Kopolov. Oddshark.com has both guys, Will, at minus 115.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's very very hard. Like I definitely completely understand why this is uh, why this is basically a pick 'em. Uh, you know, both guys are basically in desperate need of a win. Uh, I don't think Kovalov has a UFC win yet, and then DeKiriko, outside of the head kick of uh, of Joaquin Buckley, mm-hmm. has has kind of underperformed in the UFC. So you know he's lost f- four or five. So I mean. He needs to win desperately, but like when these guys fight, it's always exciting. So like, I see why this is on the main card. Like you got two exciting guys who are always in fun fights. And then like, they always, uh, they're always in fun fights and they're both desperate. So I, I expect this fight to be crazy. I, I expect it to be, you know, both guys just basically throwing the kitchen sink at one another. But, uh, in terms of my pick, man, it's, it's, it's a pick em, man. Like, uh, this this one could go either way. Like like I said, it's basically both guys throwing the kitchen sink at each other. And who's gonna go down first? Um, I'm just gonna go with uh, Dakuriko here, man. Uh, yeah. Even though he's un he's he's been inconsistent at times. You know, I think his uh, his experience is one thing that I'll uh, that I'll look to to kind of be like I, I can kind of go off of that. And uh, you know, his kicks are 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 are, are nice. So when it, in, in terms of actually being a finisher. Um, I kind of like, I kind of like the Kirito more, uh, slightly, ever so slightly. But yeah. so I'm just gonna go with the Kirito, and I'm not gonna change my pick, even though. I very nice.
0: To. <laughs> I'm gonna go Kopolov. Um, I feel like this was very much a coin flip fight. I think the odds are right where they should be. I was gonna go opposite you no matter what, but if you had just asked me straight up, like what my pick would have been, it would have been Kopolov. slight lean toward Kopolov. And I feel like these guys are cut, like you said, kind of in the same situation where. Both guys desperately need a win. I think when you watch both guys fight, you can see the upside. It's just a matter of both of these guys putting it all together, right? Like, I feel like there's more to Kopolov than we've seen. I feel like there's more to Dekiriko than we've seen. And, you know, again, I feel like there's still upside with both of these guys. It's a matter of putting it all together. And, man, you really wouldn't want to be the loser of this fight, right, in terms of of UFC career trajectory. Uh, But, yeah, I think uh, both guys in a similar situation, both guys... Um, I I think are capable of better than we've seen to this point because the, the natural ability seems to be there, which guy can put it all together in this fight. You know, that's the big question. That's why the odds are where they are, but I do like the Kopolov side of things. Uh, But yeah, this one's about uh, as, as even as it possibly gets. All right. Our co-main event stays in the the middleweight division. Uh, These are both guys that have faced the champion Israel Adesanya multiple times and lost multiple times and that's really it right that's the only blemishes really on both guys resumes as uh, Robert Whitaker will face Marvin Vittori. Um, this fight just makes all the sense in the world. Uh, this is great matchmaking. I'm I'm really excited to see how this fight uh, unfolds. I do like you said earlier in the open, I do hate the fact that this is a three round fight. I feel like this deserved 25 minutes uh, but look I think ultimately maybe that speeds up the urgency from these guys and uh, ultimately lights a fire where uh, we get more fireworks than a slow, methodical type of fight. But uh, I'm, I am I can't wait to see these two technicians uh, go to work in the Octagon in this co-main event. Robert Whittaker is your favorite at minus 210, plus 165 for Marvin Vittori.
1: Yeah, I would have been very interested to see how a five-round fight would go. Um, part of me thinks that a five-round fight Uh, I'm not going to say favors Vittori, but I think Vittori has, he comes on strong in later rounds when it comes to, uh, from what we've seen him in previous five-round fights, like against Costa and against uh, Jack Manson, those those last couple of rounds kind of favored him in both of those fights, Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with his gas tank. Uh, He really trains hard, takes care of himself, and on fight day, uh, definitely brings it. Uh, for for the full 25 minutes, and I think uh, Costa and Hermanson, those two guys, it was something that they weren't prepared for uh, going 20 the full 25. But anyway, in terms in terms of this fight, I, I really like this fight. Um, I think that Whitaker's uh, experience, um, he's fought he's fought them all, uh, Romero, Izzy, uh, and and all and all these fights, uh, he he seems to be getting better. Like after he lost to Izzy the you know the fight with kelvin with with cannoneer uh, with uh, with Darren Till. he he looks better. Um, I will say he's he's gotten clipped in a, in a lot of his fights, but um Vittorio doesn't doesn't strike me as a guy who um, can who has that knockout power like that. So I'm not gonna say that he doesn't have to worry about it because anybody can get taken out with the right punch. but um Vittorio uh, in history doesn't really seem like he's the uh, the type
0: of guy to get knockouts like that. But guys in terms with of true skill, knockout power can knock you out whether it's on the button or not, right? That's that's the point you're making. For sure. Yeah. And and absolutely yeah. And Vittori can knock you out if he hits the button, but probably not gonna do it otherwise.
1: Right. Exactly. So and I think fighting Izzy for both of these guys is only gonna make them better because like if you fight another striker, I mean they're they're not gonna be as technically sound as Izzy. Like they've already seen uh, the, the the best of the best in terms of striking in that division. But when I when I look at it for skill for skill, I think Whitaker is just uh, better than Vittori everywhere. Uh, I think Vittori is going to have to try to make this dirty like he did against uh, Jack Hermanson, like he did against Paulo Costa. Those fights uh, were dirty fights. They were fights that Marvin shined. But um, I think that Whitaker's is not going to really give him a chance to to do that. I think his movement, um, his overall skill. And uh, if this does turn into a scrap, I mean, Vittori has more of a chance, but Whitaker's Always seems to pull through in scraps. So I think uh, this just favors uh, Whitaker everywhere. Uh, while this will be very, very tough because uh, you know vittori has got. You know I watched that Paulo Costa fight over and he hit him with the same head kick that Leon Edwards hit Kamaru Usman with, like right, right on, right on the neck, and Vittoria ate that. So I mean it's going to be tough to get that guy out of there. So but I think uh, 15 minutes. Uh, I think this is going to be like a 30-27, 29-28 type fight for
0: Whitaker. I, I think Whitaker, like you said, just keeps getting better. Um, In terms of just overall skill set, like maybe the guy's not like great in any one area, but he's really, really good everywhere, right? Like he is as well rounded as it gets in the UFC. To me, this is a simple fight, and it comes down to one thing because this is the only advantage I feel like Vittori has over Whitaker. If Vittori can get him down, that's where I think the advantage is. Like I would favor Vittori in that way. Otherwise, like, Whitaker's good everywhere. Takedown defense is good. If if he does get taken down and Vittori's on top, I would question whether or not I would be super confident that that Robert Whitaker would be able to um, to not lose in that way. Uh, but that's the question. Like if Vittori can get takedowns to me, then then it's a Vittory win. If he can't, then this is an easy Robert Whitaker win because I, I just don't see Vittori... Um, need, like I, I don't. This is a this is a decision win in my mind. I don't see necessarily a finish coming from either guy. But if you are just standing and trading with Robert Whitaker, uh, unless your name is Israel Adesanya, you're not going to outpoint the guy. He's just so technically clean that uh, I, I don't see a path for Marvin Vittori other than getting takedowns and uh, you know essentially like ground and pounding your way to a decision win or, or just having control time on the ground. Uh, to a decision win but otherwise it's it's uh, Robert Whitaker I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on Robert Whitaker having better stand up and having good enough takedown defense to get the decision win here all right main event takes us to the heavyweight division and I mean this fight is awesome this is a a contender fight for sure not a guarantee that the winner gets a title shot but the winner is very much in the conversation in terms of what's next at the heavyweight division it is Cyril Gan, who you can make the argument is the most well-rounded heavyweight in the sport, versus Tai Tuivasa, who is, um, you know, maybe, he. I mean, he finished Derek Lewis, who's the, the most accomplished knockout artist in the heavyweight division. Uh, Francis Ngannou is currently the most dangerous knockout artist in the heavyweight division. Tai Tuivasa is probably next in line if we're talking about the current landscape and one-punch finish a fight power only behind the champion Francis Ngannou. Uh, both of these guys, Will, I think, are incredibly likable. I mean, all of the the media I've seen coming out of Paris leading up to this fight, both guys just smiling and getting along and having a good time with this whole thing. You know this is going to be a great fight when it actually takes place. Um, I'm sure you probably saw the clips of them doing the interlocked arms with the shoeys. Uh, I mean, it's it, it. just how can you not smile about that, right? Like these guys love what they do; they're having fun with the process, and what a giant moment for both of these guys. Surogón tied to Ivasa in the heavyweight division is your main event. Surogón is the minus six hundred favorite, plus four hundred for Bam Bam tied to Ivasa.
1: Yeah, this is one of those fights where you don't need there doesn't need to be any trash talk. Like they both know what it is. Like we're we're in France, uh, the first the UFC's first ever. Uh, fight night in France. You got the the hometown boy. Uh, you got a very exciting fan favorite. So like there doesn't need to be any trash talk. Like they know like on fight on fight night we're gonna go and then we're gonna have a scrap. Um, you know it's a very interesting matchup. Gone. Uh man, I mean it, it is it is a treat for me to watch that guy strike. I mean to be that big and to be that light on your feet, to be uh, and to look that athletic. It, it's something that the heavyweight division hasn't seen. Uh, it's crazy to watch him and and Tuivasa. Uh, a guy who I kind of wrote off after he lost to Spivak, but he's been he's looked uh, very, very good since then, uh, beating guys like Stefan Struve and um, Derek Lewis and uh, um, Augusto Sakai. Like he's uh, Greg Hardy. I'm sure everyone uh, that really put him over the top because everyone hates Greg Hardy. But um, yeah, you know, Ty Tuibasa has definitely looked good. He's turned himself into a contender in this uh, in this heavyweight division. Um, you know, surreal. Coming off that fight with Francis, you know, I, it's that's the type of fight where it makes or breaks you because he was so close to becoming champion. He had two rounds in the bank and then basically gave away three, the, the, the next two. He could have won the third. He he was on top and then went for a um, a heel hook and basically gave it away. Uh, that's one of those fights where it makes or breaks you. So I'm very interested to see how he, how he fights this one. Thrill uh, strikes me as a guy that's kind of like, eh, whatever. It's cool. And then kind of moves on to the next one. It, it doesn't seem like he takes this uh, as serious. Not that he doesn't take like winning fights to be you know to be serious and everything, but like he's not gonna let this a win or a loss like make or break him. So I think he was able to move on from it, and we'll see a very similar surreal gone to what we've seen uh, throughout his career. Even though it's been a short career, he's got, he's got so much main event experience, so much fight time. Like I remember that tweet that you had before that Francis fight about how Surreal's um, had, like, so much octagon... I think he's oh, had, yeah. like, way more octagon time or something like that, where he fought, like, 100 minutes or something, and Francis had only fought, like, two. <laughs> it was something crazy like that. Like, Surreal gone, it seemed like he might have more experience than Tai Tuivasa. Like, he's he's definitely had more main event experience. He's, he's had more championship experience. Um, he's fought Tai Tuivasa-type guys before, and done really well. He's fought Derek Lewis, fought Rose and Strike, And uh, it's all looked th- the same. And I think that this fight is going to look the same. But the only difference that I see in Tai Tuivasa in comparison to those guys is I definitely feel like while Derek and Jarzinho and even Volkov was hesitant to uh, make this fight dirty to take chances, I think Tai Tuivasa is just built in a way where he's going to go forward and he's going to try to attack this guy. Um whether that works out for him or not, we'll see. But I think he's the type of guy that's going to want to take some chances. And uh, that's what he's going to have to do. Because if, if not, Cyril Gonzalez just going to pick him apart from the outside and it's just going to be 25 minutes of a fight we've already seen before. Uh, but if Ty goes in there and takes chances, you never know what could happen. Um, and I heard something from Cyril that I didn't that I was a little hesitant on. He said he wanted to get a finish. He said he wanted to take chances, take risks. I mean, um, I feel like I, I hope for Surreal's sake that uh, he does that in the later rounds, like after he kind of picks Ty apart, because if he does it early, this you know, that gives Ty a chance to win. So um, if this fight, like, the odds are where they should be. I think that Surreal is sk- more skilled. He's better everywhere. Uh, Ty's only chance to win this fight is by knockout and to make this fight dirty. Uh, it, and, you know, if Surreal, surreal can make... Surreal normally doesn't make mistakes. That Francis fight was the first time we saw him make a mistake, and it cost him. So I think in this one, he should you know, go back to being that guy that he is. And uh, we'll see. I, I think Ty might challenge him in the wrestling department since that he seemed to struggle with it. But um, I think that Surreal um, is going to have his way. I think he's going to um, pick him apart from the outside first. And even if Ty comes in, I think that those kicks are just going to be so they're going to be coming at him from everywhere. So uh, my pick's going to be with Surreal. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a, a finish, but um, the, the, the smart money would be uh, Surreal by decision.
0: Ty's not going to try to wrestle unless it's late in the fight. He's not going to, he's not going to try to do anything that's going to, to make him use much more effort and gas tank early in the fight because uh, he knows his best, best path to victory is winning by knockout. Like, could he win rounds wrestling early? Sure, but is he going to have enough in the tank to do that for five full rounds? Very, very doubtful. Similarly, surreal god is not going to be aggressive early in this fight. Maybe he does want to win by knockout. That to me says by round three or four, you start becoming more aggressive after you've slowly started to to nickel and dime him, if you will, and and somewhat drain his gas tank simultaneously. So, um, yeah, like we've seen this fight, right? We saw this with Derek Lewis. We saw this with Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Cyril Gon is so gifted, so good athletically, has such good footwork. He's quick enough that he can get in and out, score points. And for a knockout artist, you can't match him in that way. Like, you either have to just go forward and be aggressive and try and land the big KO, or you have to be patient and hopefully time something when he jumps in. But you're not going to outpoint Cyril Gon in a matchup like this. Um, reach differential here, I think, Will, is advantage in favor of uh, Cyril Ghan by like eight inches um, tied to Ivasa to me. Like I- I'll be curious to see how he approaches this. Obviously he's won by being aggressive and landing big shots in this fight. I think you just got to go forward, right? And risk it all roll the dice and try and land the big shot and in the fight. And you're the winner. Yes. You can lay back and hopefully time something, but that to me gives you a far less chance of winning than just being aggressive and trying to land something. Now you also have more to risk because you might also get caught doing it that way, as opposed to maybe be slowly getting picked apart and not taking as much damage. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, that's that to me, that would be the more frustrating way to lose is to just sit there and wait and let surreal gone, just kick you and kick you and jab you and be in and out. And you essentially don't do anything while just kind of getting this, this loss by, uh, you know, a thousand paper cuts, if you will. Um, yeah, you might get knocked out if you go forward, but you also have a much better chance, I think, of landing something. So uh, I, I would love to see Sirogon challenged in that way, if I'm being honest. Like, how does he respond to somebody just going forward that has that much power and uh, just, you know, basically, like, throws down the gauntlet? It's going to be you or it's going to be me. Uh, but to me, that is, it. like, if we were going to put this in in a percentage chance to win... Like I think that dwarfs any, anything else that Tai Tuivasa could do in terms of giving him the best percentage chance to win. That still may not mean that he gets it done, but I think that would be his best path. Um, even if he does that, Cyril Gan is still so gifted, so athletic, has such good footwork that, and such a good reach advantage that that still might not work. That still might mean Cyril Gan just wins by uh, round one knockout. Ultimately, there's just too many ways Cyril Gan could win this as opposed to how Tai Tuivasa could win this. I don't necessarily like how lopsided the odds are because Ty's power is, like Ngannou, like uh, Derek Lewis, such a game changer. He doesn't have to hit you clean to finish you. Like, if he hits you, there's a chance you're going out. So there's not a lot of margin for error on Surreal on Ghosn's side of this. Uh, but again, there's so many more paths to victory for Surreal Ghosn in this fight. Um, I hate to pick against my guy, Ty Tuivasa, because I just love the guy. Uh, I like seeing it. every time he's in the octagon. I love it. I, I, we're going to be robbed of a shoey potentially, uh, which makes me somewhat sad. But uh, yeah, you can't pick a, against Cyril Ghosn, I think, in this matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, I I just think that Cyril has fought so many guys similar to Ty, but Ty hasn't fought anyone like Cyril yeah. Like there's no one, there's no one out there that's like him. I mean, sure, he's, he's beat taller guys like Sakai and Stefan Struve but he hasn't fought anyone who moves like him who kicks like him I mean the guy moves like a middleweight yeah. so I mean Ty to be fair, I there's nobody give... really
0: likes Cyril gone right uh,
1: uh, yeah exactly yeah. there's no one like him in the heavyweight division but to be fair uh Ty is a lot faster than uh, some of the guys that um Cyril has fought yes. like he's faster than Derek Lewis we saw that in the fight when they fought each other he's fast He might be faster than Jarzinho. I think uh, that's kind of close. But when Ty actually goes, he seems like he could be faster. Yeah, I agree. Um, But, yeah, this this fight, um, Ty's going to have to definitely take some chances. Um, He's going to have to go forward. And uh, I definitely think that uh, if Surreal is just labored back and just hopping around, kicking him and stuff, like, um, Ty – there's no way that Ty is just going to take that and just let that happen for 25 minutes. Like, we saw Jarzinho do it, and then we saw after the fight how dejected that he looked. Like, he didn't even look like he got into a fight. Like, Ty, I mean, no matter what, he's going to go in there and he's going to get into a fight. So it's going to be very interesting to see how surreal responds to that. Um, but I think that the odds are the way that they are because, like, who forces Francis Ngannou to wrestle? Like, we, <laughs> we, right. we, we were never going to see Francis Ngannou wrestle anybody else outside of surreals. like that striking display that he put on those first two rounds yeah it was it was flawless but uh, to force francis and ganu to, to to wrestle for the next three rounds it, it was it was crazy to see yeah so yeah man um i think that's why the odds are the way that they are but i think we're in for a very very interesting yeah. and fun fight because that's what tie two boss is all about yeah
0: the odds i think signal all the paths for gone to win and that's why it's that I just I don't like them being that lopsided when you're talking about somebody that has the game changing power of an Nganu or a Derek Lewis or a Titus because legitimately it does only take one, right? Like this isn't this isn't the whole like, yeah, but he could land a punch and get a knockout. This is more like if he lands a punch, there's a pretty decent chance that it's a knockout, right? Like sometimes guys win by knockout and you're like, you know what, sometimes they just land the right punch, right? Like, that's not what this is. This is if a punch lands. Odds are better that you're going down than you're staying up. So it's like, um, it only takes one, man. Like we saw I mean, Leon Edwards, it only took one after 24 minutes, right? He lands one That's against one, Doosman. One. Like these, these are the types of guys that have enough power that one is enough. And yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's surreal gone. He's so well-rounded. And uh, again, we've said it for the last two years. Like this is a guy that I think at some point is going to have that strap around his waist in the UFC heavyweight division. All right, my friend, I've got to run Uh great stuff. Excited for this weekend. I'm going to have the uh, three television setup rolling as I'm watching uh, college football, college football and the UFC simultaneously. It's going to be, it's a great time of year, man. It's like, I'm, I'm busy, but it is a great time of year. There's a lot happening and I, I love this fight card. So it's going to be a ton of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that this Saturday could be any better for you. You got the UFC at a good time. You got yeah. college football starting up. I mean, are you going to be in the pool? Are we? Is that is that going to be a thing this time?
0: We'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe to cool off occasionally. I don't know that I'm actually going to watch from the pool, but uh, yeah, maybe to cool off a few times. Lucky to be you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll you'll have to you'll have to get over here for one of these fight cards soon and and uh, partake. Absolutely, man. For sure. All right, brother. Good good to catch up. UFC 279 next week and UFC Fight Night from Paris, France, gone. Tai Tuivasa this Saturday. For Will Brewer, I'm Colby Daniels. Everybody have a great weekend.